Life Group Leaders, and welcome to the Life Group Leaders podcast for week six of our current sermon series, 40 Days with Jesus. The, the theme for this week will be the harvest, and uh, the theme for the devotionals this week are actually about Jesus's heart for the lost, so they kind of tie into each other. Um, I hope you've been enjoying the series. This is actually the last week of the series. Hard to believe that that's gone by so quickly, um, but I hope you've been enjoying it, that you've been enjoying the devotionals and the study guides, um, and I'd love to hear from you about um, how it all went and what, what you liked and what you didn't like. So let's take some time to go through the study guide for week six. As we have seen in the past and in, in all of the weeks of this series, there are two gray boxes, again, um, one at the top, one at the bottom. The one at the top is um, some reflection questions on looking back at the devotionals for week five, which were on being a disciple. Um, specifically, you know, as you look back at those devotionals that you read in week five, which of them stood out to you? Which of them stood out and why? So those are optional questions you can ask to get the conversation going. Then the ones at the bottom are on the week six sermon. So this would be for the sermon um, on Sunday, April 10th, which will be um, also in, in the same vein uh, about uh, Jesus's heart for the lost and about the harvest. And the questions there are, what stood out to you, challenged you, or surprised you, and what response has it inspired in you? Again, these questions are optional, but they're good questions to get conversation going. So let's take a look at the study guide for week six, the theme of the harvest. So the first set of questions begins by asking you to read John 4, 31 to 33. And it says that this passage follows Jesus's encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well. And in John 4, 8, we read that Jesus was alone at the well because his disciples had gone into the village. They went to buy some food. And then after they returned, they were urging Jesus to eat something. And Jesus's reply was, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. So the study guide then tells you to read John 4, 13 to 15, and John 3, verses 1 to 4. Now, these are the encounters between Jesus and the Samaritan woman and Jesus and Nicodemus. So in John 4, 13 to 15, we're looking at the encounter between Jesus and the Samaritan woman. And in John 3, verses 1 to 4, of course, we're looking at the um, encounter between Jesus and um, Nicodemus. So, John 4, 13 to 15, um, in, that, in those verses, it says that Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Verse 15 says, The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. And then we go to John chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. And in those verses, 
um, it, it starts by letting us know that that there was this Pharisee whose name was Nicodemus, and he came to Jesus at night, and he says to Jesus, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replies to that, saying, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. So um, we get to verse 4, and then in verse 4, Nicodemus says, How can someone be born when they are old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. So look at when you look at those two passages, and then you compare them to Jesus to the disciples' response to Jesus in John uh, four thirty three, and that response was this: that it was that Jesus said, as we talked about before, Jesus said, "I have a kind of food you know nothing about," and the disciples look at each other and and say, "Could someone have brought him food?" So. What are the similarities you see in all three of these responses, and what do these responses tell you? Um, I think that that the similarity is that they were taking the the Samaritan woman, Nicodemus, even the disciples were probably taking what Jesus was saying to them very literally, and they weren't really understanding it. So, so what what do these responses tell you? They tell you, I think, that that in all three cases, Jesus, what Jesus was saying was not being understood, probably because it was on a level, a spiritual level, that maybe they were not ready to um, to understand, that they weren't, they didn't have the uh, capability of understanding. So then we get to the next set of questions, and it says to read John. 434 and and here Jesus says that his nourishment comes from doing the will of God and finishing God's work. So the question first question for your group is what does this mean to you? What does that statement by Jesus mean to you that his nourishment comes from doing the will of God and finishing God's work? And I think you know what Jesus is saying that you know uh, the the what I receive the nourishment that I get from doing God's work is much greater than the nourishment that I get from eating food you know the physical nourishment that I get from eating food so then as you reflect on that the uh, question asks you to read Luke 4 4 Mark 15 23 and John 19 28 to 30 and the question is, what do these verses say about the idea that Jesus placed his mission on earth above his physical needs? So take the time in your group to, to look at all of these verses. Look at John 4.34. Look at Luke 4.4. Look at Mark 15.23 and John 19.28-30. And what is Jesus saying here? And, and, and what do these verses say about the idea that Jesus placed his mission on earth above his physical needs? So take some time to, to compare those and then talk about um, what you're seeing there. And then the next question is, how can you as Jesus's disciple 
place the mission he has given you and all of us above your physical needs. So how can we do that? Um, I mean, I think, you know, as I think about it, maybe um, if you have a, a, you've, you're feeling tired and, and you just continue to press on into doing God's work because uh, you want to accomplish the mission he's given you and, and you're going to go, uh, you put that, that mission above your physical needs and just keep pressing on even through your tiredness. Then we get to the next set of questions, and it says to read John 4, 35 to 36. And in these verses, what we see is that Jesus starts to speak about the harvest. And so the question is, what was he telling his disciples in, about the harvest in John 4, 35? And he says in that verse, don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, Open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. So I think, you know, when you look at that, Jesus is saying, you know, they're not getting it. That You know, the harvest is there and it needs to be brought in. The harvest has to be brought in. There, there are souls out there waiting to be saved and they're not seeing it because they're thinking, well, it's four months till harvest, but the harvest is right there. It's right in front of them. Um, so he's telling them, like, you know, let's go get, you know, get moving with this because the, the, the harvest is ripe. It's ready to, it's ready to be uh, gathered in. And then in uh, verse 36, Jesus said that the harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. And the question is, what do you think the good wages of the harvesters are? Um, I think, you know, as I think about it, I think the harvesters here are people who are already disciples of Christ. They're people who have already received the gift of eternal life that comes from following Jesus. So that's the wages that they've gotten. The good wages they've gotten is that, is that knowledge that they now have eternal life. At least that's the way I see it. What similarity do you see between verse 36 and the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin? Um, and verse 36 says, Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. And I think, you know, when you think about those two parables, what do you see? You've got the the shepherd who goes out to look for his lost sheep, leaves the 99 behind, goes to look for the one. You have the woman who lost one of her 10 coins and she just tears apart her house looking for that coin. But what happens when she finds it is that there's this, she wants to share that with everybody else. She wants to to rejoice for it. And so I think when you see in, in verse 36, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together, I think it's that kind of idea that, you know, when when the harvest, the harvesters reap that harvest, when, you know, and they, they harvest that crop, that, you know, there should be great joy and that joy that will be shared among the, the sower, the reaper, the, the harvester, everybody. Um, so the next question is um, is based on uh, John 4, verses 37 to 38. So you'll read John 4, 37 to 38. And it says in verse 37, 
Jesus says, one plants and another harvests. And then he tells the disciples in verse 38 that they would harvest where they didn't plant. So he says, he says to them in that, ver in that verse, I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. So in, in some versions, it says that, you know, uh, one that um, they would harvest where they didn't plant. So they didn't plant the harvest, but they will harvest it. Um, so what does Jesus mean by this? And who is he speaking of when he says that others had already done the work? And I think that, you know, when you look at that, what what I think Jesus is saying there is that, you know, the person who, who plants is not necessarily going to be the person who harvests. So somebody might, might plant the idea in a person's head about Jesus, but it may be somebody else who walks them through the steps needed to, to uh, receive eternal life. Or the one that plants could be the Holy Spirit. You know, God, through his Holy Spirit, could, be, could have planted the seed in someone's life and then we as disciples can are the ones who harvest it. Um, so that's what I think it says, what Jesus means by that. And then it says, who is he speaking of when he says that others had already done the work? And again, that could be other disciples. It could be the Holy Spirit. But it's somebody else has already done the work. They planted the seed. The seed has been watered. And now it's time for the harvest. And how do these verses apply to us today? So talk about how you see that application for us as disciples of Jesus right now. So the, the next set of questions says to read Matthew 9, verses 35 to 38. So now we're moving to Matthew's gospel to um, similar verses about the harvest, talking about the harvest again. Um, and in those verses, in, in particular, in verse 37, Jesus says that the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And the question is, as you reflect on the verses just before that, 35 and 36, it says, you know, Jesus went through the, through the towns and villages. He taught in the synagogues. He proclaimed the good news of the kingdom. He healed every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So what do you, why do you think, as, as you reflect on those verses, why do you think Jesus made the statement that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few? Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And I think, you know, it's because Jesus could see the harvest field. He could see all these souls that were lost, that they, they were harassed and helpless, as, as it says. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And it was his compassion that made him um, say what he says next to the disciples about the harvest being plentiful. And then the, the next question is, how did verses 37 to 38 apply to us today? And I think that for one thing, it's telling us that there's a great harvest out there and, and it, it's ready to be to be harvested, but uh, there's not enough workers. So there we need to to more of us need to go out there and harvest. 
Um, and it says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So it, it means we need to pray. We need to be praying that God sends workers out into the harvest. Um, my wife and I, every, uh, every day at 9.38 a.m. and p.m., we have an alarm set so that we're reminded, uh, based on Matthew 9.38, we set it for, for 9.38 a.m. and p.m. And at that time, we take a moment to pray that God will send workers out into the field so that none of the people will be lost. Then, of course, the final question here is um, to reflect on Jesus' words in the study. And as you reflect on the words in John chapter 4, verses 31 to 38, and Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38, what did you learn that might have been new to you? What impact did they have on you? And how will you respond to that? Um, so those are very personal questions. Finally, we end the study guide with some challenges. Now, this coming Sunday, um, it will be Easter Sunday. Um, take some time in your group. This will be the you'll you'll be doing these this study during the week uh, between Palm Sunday and and Easter Sunday. So take some time in your group to share about specific people that you know need Jesus, and then commit to inviting those people to church if you're able to, either for a Good Friday service or for our Easter Sunday services or both. Um, and then as a group, pray for those people that that are shared. Um, and then the next challenge is that if you haven't already done so, um, set an alarm for 9.38 a.m. and 9.38 p.m. And, and call that alarm Matthew 9.38 and then commit to praying for the harvest each time that that alarm goes off. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this series. Um, our next All In series will be in the fall. Um, I don't have a, a theme yet for you. I don't have the... Uh, uh, what the topic will be for that all-in series, but it will be in the fall. In the meantime, as you, as you continue to meet with your group, look for another study to do with them. It could be a book study. You could use a, a video study from Right Now Media. Um, if you, there's a book that you'd like to go through, just run it by me and let me know what book it is so I can just uh, take a look at it and uh, make sure that it's a good one for you to use. And, um, you know, just... Find something to, to work through your group with. So enjoy your time in group this week. Have a blessed Easter. And um, I look forward to speaking to you in the next series. God bless you and have a great time in groups. <music>